The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast all about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like the horrors of social media, leaning on partners for support, detoxifying, and learning to trust ourselves. But before we begin, we just want to give you a Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know anything. Truly, we have both uh, failed completely in relationships forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Even though you're married now. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. But we have horror stories of our own. Um, and we want you to take our advice as you see fit in your life. Um, and we're just here to offer you some humble musings and hopefully some laughs about this very confusing, hopefully rewarding thing that is love. Welcome to episode 19, Welcome. Sam, right? 19? Yes, 19. Oh my God, 19, 19. <laughs> our, our podcast just finished its first year of college or something. You yeah, know? for sure. If it, if it chose to go to college. Yeah. When are we going to stop this age analogy thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> well, what happens All when right. we get to episode 100 and it's like, um, our episode is now the oldest person alive. Kidney failures. <laughs> <laughs> It's being featured yeah. on the Today Show, on the Smuckers yeah. jar. Yeah, and it has no idea what's going on because <laughs> it had serious, like, um, memory loss. Anyway, um, how's it going? It's good. I'm here in, in Minnesota, and you're 
I'm in Philadelphia. I want to tell oh. the audience about what we're doing right now, which is essentially modern witchcraft to me because I don't understand technology that much. But I uh, we're recording this remotely because I'm on the East Coast. I was visiting my family. And so I'm in Philly right now, and I'm, I'm on FaceTime with Sam while recording this audio um, yeah, at my house and we're going to, we're going to smash them together. So forgive us if this podcast sounds a little bit different, um, <laughs> because we're using different equipment. We we're we're states apart. We're even in different time zones. So this is some trippy shit. No, it definitely is. And if you hear a child screaming in the background, please know oh, yeah. that it's serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. My <laughs> sister adopted two newborn twins in January, and they're downstairs. I'm on the floor, third floor, and they're on the first, and they are, you know, practicing their operatics. <laughs> so it's just not going to be the most professional episode, but we'll be consistent at least. Um, also, guess what I did this weekend? What? Um, my sister won lottery tickets to see Hamilton, the musical, on Broadway. <laughs> And so I busted my ass down from upstate New York, down to New York City on my way to Philly. And I saw Hamilton in the front row. I basically got spit on by the guy who plays Lafayette. And it was so wonderful. <laughs> it was like a baptism. Yeah, really. I want to be really happy for you, but mostly I'm insanely jealous. <laughs> yes, I know. Okay, well, you're in a happy, committed relationship. So I'm going to take those front row I would give it up to see Hamilton in front row. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm Peter... Peter, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I would t- I would tell you I want my wedding gift back, but I didn't get it. <laughs> it was just the pleasure of my. That's company. <laughs> right. Your presence is a present. Kiss my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, um, so that's uh, it was my weekend. Um, our check-in topic today, because we're doing this long distance and on literally FaceTime, we wanted to talk about long distance relationships. Um, have you ever been in a long distance relationship? I have not been in a long distance relationship. Except for that time your first boyfriend cheated on you with someone. Yeah, he was in a long distance relationship. I was not. Yeah, that was kind of like, you were in a long distance, um, affair. You know, you were the recipient of it. Yeah, unknowing to me. Um, I've been in a handful of long distance relationships. Maybe that's because I have like a fear of like actual happiness. <laughs> Could be. Uh, just kidding though. I think it's because I travel around a lot. So I, so even if my partner was living in the same city as me, I'm so used to having to communicate in like unique right, right. ways or, or have intimacy via FaceTime. And I'm not just talking like phone sex, <laughs> but you know, like feeling a sense of close closeness uh-huh. um, because I traveled so much, especially in my 20s. Um, yeah, they're okay. I haven't heard great things about, about them? them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not like fun or like, I don't know, easy. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely make things harder. But yeah, the one thing I'll say about long distance relationships that I read somewhere is that like, it is really easy to over romanticize someone who's far mm-hmm. away um, because you don't get to see them in the day to day grind of like relationship right. shit. You know, um, so if anybody's in a long distance relationship out there, just remember that like their breath probably smells really bad in the morning. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> Even if you can't like, you know, experience <laughs> it. Um, <clears throat> do you have advice for anyone who's in a long distance relationship? No, I'm just thinking of my friends who are in long distance relationships and like they're making it work. Um, 
they're they're both yeah, married totally. so I, like i think that makes it easier too but um what's the situation is it like a work thing or yeah one of my friends is um in grad school in a different state uh yeah and her husband uh came back here to work on the 2018 campaigns um and then the other one his um husband lives in switzerland currently oh hey <laughs> you know who that is <laughs> i do <laughs> that's what i said um, but yeah i mean what i think is lovely about the long distance relationship that they both of them have is that like how excited they are to see each other um which yeah. like when you're with your partner all the time you're not always yeah, totally. excited to see them <laughs> Yeah, there's a gratitude level, I think, um, for the like the little moments. No, my friend who lives in or his husband lives in Switzerland, um, when he's in town, he's always like, things are just so much better when he's around. Like, even if we're just like sitting on our laptops and like or like watching a movie or like making dinner, like just having him there is just really nice, Um, which is something that I think can get lost in like relationships where the person is with you because you're just like always around them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, you're like honestly, can you not right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, I need some alone time with my cat, yeah, Todd. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I would say for people out there in long distance relationships, it's equally important to set aside time for you and your partner to have quality time, mm-hmm. you know, like learning how to hang out long distance. Um as it is important to schedule time with your friends. Yeah. Like, um, I just have been in too many um, long-distance relationships or witnessed them where you feel so starved for that person. Mm-hmm. You feel so, um, yeah, you just, you miss them. They're the person you want to be around. But just because they're the person you want to be with doesn't mean your other relationships are less important or less um, in need of nurturing, you know? I would say that. Like, the the balance between, like, setting aside quality time um, and remembering it's okay to prioritize other things as well. Yeah. Anyway. So, I'm really happy to be having a long-distance relationship with you right now, Sam. (laughs) You know how much I hate FaceTime. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I'm going to show you my boobs this entire episode just to fuck with you. Uh, <laughs> um, have you ever had FaceTime sex? Oh, my God. Am I making you so uncomfortable? No, I don't think I have. Oh, my God. I've sent a sexy well, snap or two, but I have never done it over FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you, I can tell how awkward you were in that photo by the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I said that uh, like you're an old timey newscaster. <laughs> a sexy snap or two. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, son? <laughs> anyway, let's get into our letters. Sounds great. <laughs> awesome. So our first letter is from Adeline J, who is writing us from the void. Uh, Adeline writes, I broke up with my ex two years ago. He was my very first love, lost our virginities to each other, and we very much both navigated the complexities of a serious relationship together. We were together for two years. I broke up with him because I felt I was at a point in my life, middle of college, where I was doing a lot of growing and goal setting and felt like and I felt like he was still at a stagnant point in his life. He started to date somebody a few months later after we broke up, and they have been seriously dating for about two years now. I don't know what it is, but I cannot stop checking her social media. 
I feel like I have to measure up to her, even though I don't necessarily have feelings for my ex anymore. I feel like I'm seeking this validation, and most frustratingly, I don't know how to stop. I've tried blocking her and eventually ended up and eventually end up unblocking her. I don't think she has any idea who I am besides being an ex of her boyfriend. I know I'm worth so much more than this, but can't seem to stop investing myself in the life of someone I don't know at all. Checking up on her makes me feel pathetic and small, and yet a piece of me still does it. Please help me from this cycle. Oh my goodness. Adeline. Um, I think a lot of people are going to relate to this. Oh, absolutely. Um, And everything I'm about to say (laughs) is wrapped up with a lot of love because I think I I relate to this a lot. I've done something really similar. I was cheated on by somebody and I was like obsessed with looking at the girl who he cheated with their, her Instagram way past (laughs) the point of her, of the incident. Uh Like I I just wanted to like look at her and be like, what you doing? (laughs) You know? And that was super fucking health unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun to be in that situation of constantly trying to compare yourself to someone who was a, yeah. a factor in in hurting you. I mean, right. maybe unknown to her, but right. And Adeline, what I want to say that's wrapped in love is like, what are you doing, girl? Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, okay. We're here with you. We're we're next to you, and we're gonna get your head out of the sand. Um, and it, first off, it is impossible to compare your to to accurately compare yourself to someone else on social media. Oh, absolutely, because they are only presenting a one dimensional, one sided very curated and polished version of themselves Mm -hmm. whether it looks curated or not because you know like the best instagram accounts are the ones that like look so like candid and too cool for filters and like whatever you just caught this like random pose of me looking epic but there were 300 photos taken (laughs) to get that one picture and it was edited on a computer yes (laughs) you know um and so it's it's not only is comparison an act of violence against yourself, mm-hmm. but comparing you yourself to somebody online or their persona online, it's just you're just repeatedly stabbing yourself in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just it's you're not going to find any good there. Absolutely. Plus, that girl, like I've said about everybody we admire or are insecure are about like has shit her pants before (laughs) and she's never going to post about that on instagram you're never going to see the full dimensional person that she is yeah you know absolutely i mean i think that we all of us like i think that we do this to some extent on on social media like i don't follow any of peter's exes or um any of the the people that like i've hooked up with and like thought were too good for me but like there are people that i follow on instant or instagram that i don't like them but i've continued to follow yeah. them because like there's something really rewarding i think like in our brains about seeing something beautiful and like being jealous oh God, of it or like so right like, that feeling of um looking at something that we can't have and being like jealous or mad about it, I think it's just like something that is programmed into us. And so then like, yeah, we have to make intentional efforts to like not 
give in to that because our brain is going to want us to keep doing it. That is such a profound, accurate observation. This is why I love you so much. I think it's like what you just described is why people are obsessed with the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. Other than the fact of like sexism, that they they love to hate women and think they're stupid. Um, They also love beautiful, stupid women and it makes us uncomfortable that they're so successful, that oh, yeah, they're right. so rich and so beautiful and so living a life that we will never touch. We just want to look at it to, I don't know, we want to we want to observe them, yep. you know? Um, yeah, and I think— So bringing it back to you, right. Adeline, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and the Kardashians did a great job of turning that into a very successful business model for themselves. Totally. It's it's tapping into like maybe it's tapping into this like really mainstream underlying insecurity that we all have mm-hmm. that we it's like an, it's an insecurity that we need to scratch at. Right. To, yep. In order to like feel better because it's the harder work is to heal ourselves yep. and say my life is whole. I am whole. I am, you know, worthy and happy and just as well-rounded as the people I see around me. Like, that's the real work that we have to do. But instead, we constantly compare ourselves to other people. And Adeline, I'm not judging you for this. No, absolutely. Um, We just talked about how we both do it. (laughs) Yeah, constantly. Um, I'm really grateful. Something This is really embarrassing, but I'll share it to, like, humble humble myself and to make us vulnerable. (laughs) This summer, I realized I forgot the screen name of the the girl who was involved with that infidelity. Mm-hmm. And I like tried to remember it and I can't. Oh, that's good. And like it freed me. Uh-huh. Like that set, setting me aside, it freed me. So, um Adeline, maybe just these thoughts alone will help you put some space between you and this Instagram account. Yep. But in addition to that, I, I just want to add, I think it's a super common feeling that you're going through or experience that you're going through. Um, I want to say, I want to ask you, how much space do you want this girl to take up in your life? Mm-hmm. Maybe something you can do is every time you look at her account, you record it. Like mm. from Monday to Sunday, you record when you looked at her account and how long you looked. And then I want you to total it up at the end of the week. And anybody can do this. Anyone can do this for their exes that they're like, um, you know, looking at um, or checking in on. Record how much time you looked. And and also next to it, like in the margins, maybe write the words that it made you feel. Oh, yeah. And so the end of the week, it's going to be like, okay, I looked at her account um, four or six times or whatever. I spent a total of 12 minutes on her account this week. Mm -hmm. Okay. 12 minutes might not even see that long, but I can see that it made me feel insecure. It made me feel judgmental. Mm -hmm. It made me feel, um, I don't know, overweight. It made me feel lonely. And then you can look at all those things and think, really, do I want to spend my time feeling that way? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good idea to do that, to do some sort of um, like a bullet journal of tracking all of the things that you did. Um, because I do think that puts it in perspective. And the, the reality is, is like, you're going to have to be intentional about um, not doing this. Because, again, like, this is something that I think all of us do and that's, like, wired into us. And so um, 
I don't think you're going to you're ever you're never going to get to a point where your body doesn't want to do it. Right. So you have to do the, oh, the mental work so of accurate. saying like, no, I'm not going to give into this. I mean, it's like any sort of addiction. Right. You have to you have to make the conscious effort to do it because your body's not going to do it itself. Totally. And I don't think this is about this, but I would be a fool not to mention um that it's okay to let things in the past be in the past mm-hmm. because I know you say that you don't have feelings for your ex anymore, but you are keeping that cord between you, like that umbilical cord between you and the past by checking up on the ex. You, I think your subconscious is tricking you by saying like, well, I don't have feelings for him. I don't want to be with him, but I'm looking at her account and comparing myself to her when in reality it's all, it's, it's, it's a connection to him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think Sam and I want to say it's okay to let go of that relationship completely, wholly. It's time to let yourself heal. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope that helps, Adeline. We love you. Yeah, we love you. Thank you for writing. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Okay, our next letter is from... <laughs> the name is... An emotional, not-so-hot mess <laughs> writing to us from The Void. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we want to call them? Not-so-hot mess? Yeah. That's cute. Okay. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First off, I want to say that your podcast brings me a lot of comfort and joy. You you guys are both real, down-to-earth, and you treat every question like you are talking to a best friend. I really love that. Well, we kind of are, like I am talking to my best friend. <laughs> and you guys. <laughs> um. They write, I've always been an incredibly emotional person, very up and down, always overthinking and always caring too much about what people think slash measuring my worth by how others feel about me. Already, I know a lot of people are going to relate to this, (laughs) (laughs) including me. (laughs) Now that I'm 25, I've started to grow out of it a little bit. However, my mom passed away three years ago. It was a traumatic experience that I deal with every single day. For the first two and a half years, I tried to just keep being my old self, distracting myself through plans with friends, smoking a lot of wacky tobacco, (laughs) and never ever taking time to take care of myself, constantly running myself thin. I now know that I can't do that because it's not healthy, and the only way to move forward is to process these emotions and become more aware of myself and my feelings. Very true. Recently, I stopped smoking, and I've been learning to take care of myself and take time to slow down. I think it's given the opportunity for these difficult emotions and fears to come forward, and boy, have they come forward. The past few weeks have been been absolutely emotional, and I've been a damn wreck. First, it came through as a horrible anxiety, which included me having intrusive thoughts about doubting my feelings for my boyfriend and wondering if my feelings for him were, quote, enough. And the past few days have been just sadness about missing my mom. I have been with my boyfriend for nine months, and he's an incredible man. This is the first easy, healthy relationship I've ever been in. I'm used to those dependent, unhealthy ones. Yay. (laughs) This This is the first man I've been with who pushes for my own personal growth and doesn't want me to stay in one place. I know he's a good thing for me, and I don't want my emotional wreck of self and my overthinking slash fears to ruin a potentially amazing thing for both of us. However, I lean on him for a lot of support, and sometimes that support becomes too much for him. I'm sure it sucks having your girlfriend tell you, quote, I just don't know if I like you that much, even though deep down I know I do. A bunch of times throughout this emotional process i'm learning that it's okay to have personal growth apart from my relationship it's important to have time for me but i can still hold the hand of someone i love while i embark on the journey my question is do you have any advice on how to lean on your partner for support but not be overbearing with it not even just my partner any relationship i have such a 
I um I have such as any relationship I have, such as family and friends. I t- tend to need a lot of outside support, but I want to learn how to be better at supporting myself and not lean so hard on my support system that ends up crushing them or pushing them away. You both mentioned your own mental health issues, so I wasn't sure if you had any relatable experiences. Thank you guys for taking the time to read this. All right. Not so hot mess. I love your message. I'm so sorry for the loss of your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really happy to hear you doing that hard head and heart work to make you um, a better, more well-rounded person. You're totally right that th- those emotions are not going to go away. The- they're going to manifest themselves in unhealthy, harmful behaviors until you learn how to sit with them, to sit in that discomfort and actually process and deal with them. Yep. So we're really proud of you for doing that work. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think... Um you know, have being someone who has had mental health issues and also being married to someone who has had mental health issues too. Um, I think that it, there is definitely a space where you can be supportive and um, where you can rely on support and have it be healthy and have it be um, functional. Um, And it sounds like you are sort of pushing against where that, um, sort of where the strength and support is. Um, and I think that's a totally normal and healthy thing to do in a relationship um, is to sort of try out uh, what, what feels good and what is enough for the person. And, um, you know, my advice to you right now is to also make sure that you're trusting your boyfriends and um, making sure that he has the space to say when it's too much. Or also trusting that if he's not saying too much, then it's okay that he he would tell you if totally. he was uncomfortable. And I think that's one thing that I um, have struggled with with my relationship with Peter too is like um, I don't ever want to be a burden on him. And so th- when I do that, I withhold. Um, and one of the things that I had to learn was to trust that like if I ever come off too much or if I ever give him something that he is uncomfortable with or – um, is too weighed down by, he would be able to say, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that I can handle this. Like maybe it's time to talk to your therapist about this or whatever that looks like. Right. And that's hard. I mean, just tiny little tangent. That's the vulnerability of relationships, Mm -hmm. trusting people to communicate. And we all know from all of these hundreds and hundreds of letters and our own personal experiences that it's hard. That's hard sometimes to, to not everybody has the tools to communicate their feelings, yep. but that's why we're doing this work. That's why we, we, I would rather do the hard work and be in a relationship where I do trust my partner mm-hmm. than live in fear, you know, yep. and, and whatever. Um, I also want to add um, a couple episodes ago, my blind date for the episode was a book on, uh, it was called Mindful Relationship Habits. Mm-hmm. And I suggested that book so genuinely because I just believe that if relationships are going to work, they're going to ebb and flow. They're going to get hard and then they're going to get easier and you're going to grow and then you're going to regress. And if you know that this is something you want to work on, just like the time you have set aside to work on your own triggers, your own habits, your own coping mechanisms, the relationship is the same thing. It's an entity that needs to be nourished and fostered and pushed to be better. So I, I think it would, I would really highly suggest 
um, you know, doing some homework, like mm-hmm. looking, doing some research, reading up on this and inviting your boyfriend to do it along with you and say, hey, I, baby, I love you. I love the way our relationship's going. I want to make sure that we've, we are preparing ourselves for anything that could come up. Um, I want to make sure you, my love, have the tools to respond in a way that both supports me and supports yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that that kind of like the showing up for that, you know. Yep. Um, I would. I think that's my biggest advice. Is is so often I think we convolute um, our emotions in love and relationships because we we code them as inherently emotional, right? Which they are. Mm-hmm. But relationships are social contracts. They're sacred contracts, and they are—they um, can be nurtured and made better, just like any other thing that you could practice. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that would probably be my advice of um, of how to not um, lean too hard on your partner. I think it also goes back to. Um, nourishing yourself making sure that you have the coping mechanisms and you don't feel complete with your partner you feel like they are an asset that adds to you right absolutely and it sounds like you're trying to figure that out um which i think is really great i would just say also if you are not currently in therapy um i would definitely look into that because um i will say you know you know, having your girlfriend tell you, I just don't know if I like you that much, even though deep down I know I do, is probably not a great thing for him to be hearing. Um, And that seems like something that a therapist would be able to help you talk through and unpack as a disinterested person that can also give you the skills and tools um, that you might need in order to not have those thoughts so often. Um, And it's, yeah, totally. And it does sound like, you know, this anxiety and this um, sadness about your mom. Um, you know, I don't want to diagnose anyone, but even if it's not a symptom of anxiety or depression, um, like just having the space to talk through the passing of your mother and the past three years that you've um, sort of been avoiding talking about that, I think would just be really, really helpful for you and take some of that burden off of off of your boyfriend. I I mean, I think it's still really important to talk with your boyfriend about what you're going through. Um, but having a therapist there to talk through some a of third the party who's trained. Yeah. Right. To talk through some of the the scariest stuff might be really helpful for you. And the therapist would probably give you tools and resources to have these conversations with your partner as well. Totally. Um, and I want to say two things. One, um, we talk about therapy and mental health work a lot here. And one of the myths that I want to debunk that I heard debunked in a training, mm-hmm. like a mental health response, first aid training response, um, or first aid response training, <laughs> um, was somebody in the training said, like, you know, it just sucks because, like, therapy is really expensive and it feels um like exclusive and inaccessible to so many communities which is a a totally valid critique Mm -hmm. but the trainer instantly said while that has been a problem in the past and that's a really um astute observation 
There are so many. Every city across the country should uh, hypothetically have free mental health response resources. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, in your city, there are online counselors that you can talk to for free. Like That is something that the mental health community really tries hard. And they just might not be on the surface you might have to look for them a little bit but it is a fallacy that therapy is inaccessible to so many Mm -hmm. um and it's i think it's important to push back on that idea um because the more we like it's a continue for me it's a continuation of the stigmatization against mental health is like if we believe therapy is inaccessible it will stay inaccessible Mm -hmm. but there are so many resources out there for um low cost low uh like sliding scale or free Yep. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is um, I had a really difficult conversation with a loved one um, about a week ago, and I'm not going to get into it, but I am going to say that the person I was talking to was sort of processing their feelings while talking to me about a conflict that, that they had. Mm-hmm. And I left that conversation feeling really hurt, and I was talking about it with my sister afterwards and my sister said something to me that stuck with me she said you it's okay that he had these feelings but you you're not supposed to hear those thoughts his therapist is (laughs) he's supposed to process things with his therapist and then come back to you with his real feelings not his processing feelings um and you know what uh dear submitter not so hot mess that might not apply to you at all but i do think that part of finding support um, or, or, or being a healthy, sustainable person in a relationship who's looking for support is about knowing where to get the right support and how to ask for it. Right. And I think Sam and I are just echoing like, um, get the mental health support from your therapist and then get the continuation of it from your partners and friends and family. Yep. That absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah. And that might... Last thing, that might not be ideal. You might not have a work schedule that allows you to do that. Um, and if that's the case, so many people deal with that. Um, and there are so many resources out there like books and YouTube seminars and Just Break Up podcasts <laughs> that help you do that work. But, um, yeah, any last advice about, like, how not to lean too hard on your partner? No, I just think – I just want to reiterate that you you can – do this. I know that it it might feel like yeah. you're sitting in this space where you're you're not doing it right. Um, but I will say to me, it's clear to me that you are trying um, and that you are succeeding because your boyfriend is still with you and is still supporting you, and you yes. are getting the support that you need, which is great. Um, and so, just trust yourself that you are you are doing the right thing, that you are trying. Um, and see what el- what other resources you can bring into your toolbox um, to help you in this space because um, you are you're doing it right now. Um, but I think that there's a way that you could find a way to make it easier for yourself. Yeah, I would. I want to continue on one thing you said because I thought of it right when you said it. One of my favorite pieces of advice Sam ever gave me. It wasn't even advice. It was just commentary. When I broke up with someone, I was or no, somebody broke up with me, and I was like, oh, but. (laughs) And Sam was like, very accurate depiction of what you do when people break up with you. (laughs) But Sam was like, he chose this. He chose to leave your life. 
And in the same vein, this your partner is choosing to be with you. Absolutely. You're, right? Just like you said, he's choosing to be with you. He's choosing to show up. And right now, he's giving you no reason to add to the anxiety. Yep. So take make make his presence and his commitment to you be louder than your fears. Yep. All right. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. So our next letter comes from Valerie D., who is writing from Virginia. Valerie writes, Hey, I dated my ex for about three years, but our relationship became toxic. There wasn't a big moment where everything fell apart. No one cheated, no one lied. Instead, we just slowly stopped communicating and started fighting more. I became afraid to bring things, bring up my feelings because I did not want to set him off and cause another fight. We both said horrible things to each other, yelled, cussed, whatever. It was a terrible situation. I spent pretty much every day crying in bed after work because I felt so hopeless. Finally, Mm. one day, I said something that set him off and he blocked my number. He told me it was over and I had ruined his life. We finally cut ties after that. Earlier this summer, he called me and apologized. He told me he did not recognize the person he became and we started working towards getting back together. I love him. But about a week ago, we had our first fight since the break. It wasn't bad, but he told me he didn't know if he could let go of the past, and he was angry about it still. He said he didn't know if he could forgive me. I don't know what to do. I know to move forward, we need to be able to let go of the past, but how? What do I do? I know we both want to forgive and forget, but what if we can't? Uh, I love this letter. Yeah. I think it's a a letter that... um, that I have definitely relate to. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> totally. Um, okay, so Valerie, um, I think a couple things. Um, I want to say that I intimately relate to this letter. Um, I have a very similar um, experience in my past, not identical, but the essence was there of we really wanted it to make it work after some problems. Um but I really, really struggled with letting go of the past and forgiving and letting go of that anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we should just explore that idea. First, um, I want to say something that's a little hard, which is sometimes no matter how much we love someone, we're not supposed to be with them. Right. And that's hard. But it sounds like there was a lot of damage that slowly accrued over the course of your relationship. And unless you do some serious head and heart work, which you can do, which we'll talk about in just a couple minutes. um, But unless you show up for that work, both of you in a committed way, in, in a holistic, vulnerable way, um, sometimes some wounds aren't meant to be healed. At least not immediately. Yeah, no. And I, I think, um, that where that becomes a problem is um, is that when you are with someone who you are resentful of or angry at for past things, right? Like it makes it, um, sometimes it can make it impossible to like talk about the present without that past coming up. And so th- then the fight doesn't become about, well, you um, didn't call me when you said you were going to. Um, but instead, you didn't call me when you said you were going to. And also, here's the litany of all of the other things that you did before um, oh, that have totally. led up to this moment. Uh, and that is where 
Like if you if we're if you are in that frame of arguing, that's going to make it impossible for you to be able to move forward. Because if you continue to to let the 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 mistakes of the present be indicators of all of the mistakes of the past, um, that is where. I mean, that's just going to be, it's unsustainable. You're not going to be able to move forward um, if that is how, if that's how you're thinking about this relationship. Totally. I think that is such an important point to bring up of like when you are angry about one thing, but it really is that one thing like coded in the hundreds (laughs) of other things that you've been mad at them about, you know, and your anger is that much, much clearer that much more closer to the surface and your sensitivity is higher, et cetera. <coughs> That's a terrifying cough. It just came on so unexpectedly. I don't know where it came from. Maybe I was choking on my own bullshit. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> anyway, uh, Valerie, um, I don't think it's bullshit. I think this is totally... Um, I don't know. I know that you love him. I know that. I can read it from your letter. I know your relationship um, lasted a long time. And I know exactly how it ended. I know how the end can come slowly. Mm-hmm. Like the end of the world it does not come with a bang but a whimper. Right. You know? Um, but what you need to ask your partner and yourself is, can I see this as strictly in the present? Yep. Can I can I meet you new again? Can I date you new again yep. without everything I have seen from you over mm-hmm. the past three to four years? Also, what's not clear from this letter is how long you were apart, right? Like how long the breakup was. And you might need several years. Right. You might need a decade. Like this is... This person might be in your life later, but you need an opportunity to know them new Mm -hmm. and to heal from the hurt of the relationship. Yep. I mean, this is like not a just break up piece of advice. You know, like we're not telling you to just break up, but it's pretty damn close. Like I I just am not sure if – and I don't mean this in a negative or disparaging way. Like I want your relationship to succeed, which means you have to let go of all – hurt all past shit. Like the great quote that I'd never remember who it's by, which is pretty on par for our podcast (laughs) is forgiveness is the release of all hope for a better past. Mm. Meaning you cannot, you cannot wish for things to be different. Yep. You can no longer hold that world against the face of the present. Yep. And, um, it's not just you either, right? Because he's, also, oh yeah, I'm talking um, about this motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's about it's about you and it's about him and coming together in an understanding of sort of a blank slate at this point. Um, you know, there I think that there needs to be conversation about the bad things that happened in a but not as a rehashing of of that, but instead as a how can we learn from what we've already gone through? Uh, to get yeah. to a place where we can actually move through conflict in a healthy way instead of stopping communicating and you crying on your bed after work every day, right? Like, right. what are the things that you can learn from going through that experience to get to a better future? But if we're talking about the bad things that have that have happened um, to rehash them 
or to uh, sort of bring up a symbolic conflict, like that is not going to be healthy or sustainable for both of you. Um, and so, but I think that's a really hard thing to do. Like we're talking about it in the abstract, but like yeah. moving Can through that is like, Can you think of an example? Like, oof. Yeah, it might be a little too personal for both of us, but I'm trying to think of like, you know, we like to share a lot of intimate shit on this. <laughs> we don't always want to, we don't always want to like, you know, bear all of our past scars. So I'm trying to think of an example from my past or your past of like, could we get through something? Like, can we, I mean, the infidelity that I brought up earlier, um, an ex of mine cheated on me and then we got back together, of course, like a dipshit. Um, (laughs) But I do remember, I remember struggling and saying, like, I love you. I want to be with you. I'm still obsessing over this. I'm still, I just don't know if I can trust you again mm-hmm. you know and that's might be a little different because you said nothing really went wrong but things went wrong obviously yep. like it's not normal to come home and cry in your bed every day yep. it's not it's not normal for a quote-unquote good relationship to go toxic like that yep. and i don't mean that in like i don't want you to feel isolated or or different i i know of tons of relationships have ended like that have ended like that but mm. um it's it's kind of just as traumatic as an infidelity. You have to think of it in terms of like, how do we heal from this? You know, yeah. um, how did how did we get here? Who who have we become? Yep. And how can we find acceptance for who we became? Forgiveness? Mm. And how can we let it go? Yep. Yeah, and I think that is the 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 big issue here, right? Is that um, like it's hard enough to to move through conflict and uh, to forgive wrongdoings in the moment. Um, But it seems like you have quite a few that you have never actually worked through at this point. Um, And so it either needs to be like, we're going to, we're going to talk about all these things um, and we're going to sort of work through the ways that we didn't work. Or it has to be like, we can't talk about that stuff anymore. Right. Like it has to be like clean slate. We're meeting as, as two right. people who have never met before. Um, and I don't even think that that's even that feasible or healthy. Like, I think that the thing that you're going to have to do is to talk through everything that happens in a in a meaningful way and in a way towards a constructive end, not just a, a yes. rehashing. And I think... And that shit is hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's hard enough, like, it's hard enough to navigate conflict in relationships in general, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, when when Peter and I have fights, right? Like it's, um, it takes work to like talk through, like, what are we actually mad about? And like, what are the things that we can do to like fix the situation and to have to do that? I want to pretend you never fight. What? (laughs) I said, I want to pretend that you never fight. Like you're my parents. And I'm like, Nope, they're they're perfect. Uh, no, I mean, we don't like scream at each other, but we, we do have conflict. Um, but yeah, so like there's three years of things here now that have not been worked through that need to right. to have some sort of constructive end to them. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you heal from the past and then let it go completely? Yep. Um this might not answer all of your questions, but I hope it does bring you some comfort and insight. Um Yeah, we're thinking of you. you. Move as you move forward into this new chapter. Um yeah, it it doesn't have to work. That's, I think, the last thing I want to say yep. is that you didn't fail or do anything wrong if it if it doesn't work. Right. Absolutely. Um, 
but we but we wish you all the luck moving forward and we hope that it does all right our last letter is from jamie who is writing to us from the void jamie writes i'm a 25 year old female and i've been dating this amazing guy who is 26 for the past nine months this is probably my first healthy relationship and he makes it so easy there is no pressure he listens to me constantly supports me and pushes me towards becoming my best self I lost my mom three years ago and suffer from some depression, anxiety, and some tendencies. I know that he is a good thing for me, and I know that I love who he is as a person, spending time with him, and being in a relationship with him. But I sometimes get in my head, and I get stuck in a cycle of overthinking. I ask myself, am I lying to myself, or do I really love him? And it gets stuck in a loop in my head, and I look for validation from everyone and their mother, even though ultimately I need to be the one that validates myself. Sometimes I feel like there might be something missing on my end, or that my feelings just aren't as strong as they were in the beginning. But that being said, I never think about wanting to be away from him or wanting to break up. Being with him is never forced, and I always enjoy my time with him. I know that feelings fluctuate and don't define us. I also know that it's normal to doubt things every once in a while. But me, being the overthinker that I am, it terrifies me. I really feel like that if we are going to keep going with this relationship, it can be something truly great. But sometimes I feel like my emotions get in my own way and I go through some form of self-sabotage self-consciously. I don't know if it's because mentally I'm a mess, aren't we all, that I'm scared of hurting someone or getting hurt, or that I just worry too much about the future. But I hate feeling that I'm at war with my mind. Have you guys ever experienced anything like this? And if so, how did you get through it? You guys think that emotional stressors such as the loss of my mom or the fact that I hate my job or that I'm just an anxious overthinking person can affect uh, uh can have an effect on how you look at a relationship. Jamie absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Backing up, obviously Sam and I want to say we're really sorry about the loss of your mother Absolutely. and that in a um, in addition to the comparable losses, I see a lot of parallels between this letter and our second letter. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea of the inner monologue and how our anxieties, our stressors, our mental health, the things that happen to us affect our sense of security mm-hmm. within ourselves and within our relationships. And I think that, um, uh, I mean, I wicked relate to this. I, I think that I'm a self-diagnosed overthinker and um when i don't overthink it's because i'm acting irrationally and i'm manic (laughs) (laughs) just just kidding (laughs) but am i right um yeah Um, i i think um i also just want to say congratulations on being in a relationship with a person that you really love like that's exciting yeah we, um, I, we should say that more often, considering <laughs> our podcast is normally, like, you know, a bit more challenged. <laughs> yeah. People are going through some shit, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's great and fantastic. Um, and I think, you know, um, I think that it is absolutely normal to be in a relationship and to sometimes doubt uh, whether or not you are truly in love with the person that you're with. Um, right. Like, am I content or am I happy? Right. Exactly. You know, do I like them or am I in love? And I think part of that is that we get taught that like love should feel like the most emotion. Um, like you mm. should 
the person that you're with should be making you feel the most things. Um, and I don't mm. think that that's actually true. I think that love doesn't often feel like an overwhelming emotion. I mean, there are times for sure when it does, but often love feels just like contentment or stability yeah. or security. Um, you know, feeling like that person is really supporting you and pushing you to be better and um, is just there for you when you need them. Uh, yeah. And that doesn't always feel like like that flood of endorphins yeah, totally. and adrenaline that goes through you when you are with someone who makes you feel things, but not always good things. Um, I'm thinking about like, I'm thinking about like your sense of self or your intuition, how like there are some moments where your intuition just screams at you. Like, mm -hmm. don't do that. Don't take that job. Um, leave this relationship, blah, 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 blah. But there are uh, like 95% of the rest of the time, you know, your intuition is kind of like a silent voice that just, it's, it's the, it's the current that pushes you along your mm. life. Yep. And maybe love is like that. Maybe love yeah. is less of a shouting voice and more of like this comforting, like heartbeat, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an awesome way to think about it. Um, and I think, and there are those times, there are those moments where you're like swept off your feet with emotion and gratitude and love. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times it's just saying, I love you because I love the way you are and I want you in my life and you make my life better. Yep, absolutely. And so I think, um, so I think it's normal to ask yourself those questions. I think what we're getting from your letter is that those questions are becoming a burden for you um, and are right. getting in the way of you sort of being present in yourself and in your relationship. Um, and I and I think you're right that emotional stressors like your mom passing and your job and your anxiousness, like those can absolutely have an effect on on what how you're looking at your relationship. And so you're looking at the fact that everything is sort of smooth sailing with this guy and thinking like what's under the surface, like something has to be going wrong. Right. I think about a couple episodes we talked about like the idea of scarcity. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're when you've been through trauma, when you struggle with anxiety or mental health or maybe your life hasn't really been smooth sailing recently, the idea of like, oh my God, something has to go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't always had good times. So these good times must be limited or yep. they have an expiration date. It's, it's just, it is a typical manifestation of anxiety and or obsessive thoughts. Obsessive thoughts just that fill your inner monologue um, instead of letting you actually deal with what's there and yep. what's present. Absolutely. And I also think... You know, you're asking yourself, do I, do I really love him? And I think sometimes we think about love as being something that happens to us. But I really think that you can be an actor in your decision to love someone. So oh, when you ask that. yourself. Can we. Go ahead. No, oh, I was going to say, can we switch. <laughs> sorry. <Go ahead. laughs> FaceTime. Oh, my God. Long distance relationships. They're God, so this hard. Is awful. <laughs> we should just break up. I was. <laughs> yes. No, never. Don't ever. Don't even joke. Um, can we switch the word actor? Even though I love that sentiment, I want to switch the word actor out because actor is inherently so, or like is inherently like pretending. So can mm. we be a player or can we be an 
um, an orchestrator or a builder. I don't know. Yeah, but I maybe mean, that's to the use Ivanka me Trump's uh, use Ivanka Trump's word, you can architect your life for him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> love that word. <laughs> don't know how I feel. Okay, let's just let's take it. Let's co-opt it. You know. Um, yeah, let's claim it as ours now. It, you know, <laughs> let's let's reclaim what was you what was you know a word that was used to hurt us. <laughs> um. But yeah, so like when you ask yourself, do I really love him? You get to decide what the answer to that question is. You get to be the one mm. that says, yes, I love him for these reasons. Um, and I think, I think that's so powerful. Every day you are saying you are making that decision. Like you're still with him. You're nine months. You listed all of the amazing reasons why you are in a relationship with him and why you want to be. So like. Um, and you said, I don't want to leave him. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so to us. Reading this letter, it's very clear that you do love him, that you do want to be with him. Um, and you have the opportunity to sit in the stillness of that love and sort of let yourself be at peace, um, which I don't right. think that you've been able to do with the passing of your mom and and the anxiety and the overthinking that you've yeah. dealt with. Like, what does it look like to just sit, sit in that love and figure out um, how to just be, you know? Yeah, I'm going to jump on that, too, because I actually, in my notes, I wrote down um, some things that I've used to help me with my overthinking and my anxiety. And one mm -hmm. of them is meditation. Mm. Um, so the idea of sitting with it. Meditation allows your thoughts to kind of ruminate. Mm -hmm. um, like, you don't always have them. Some of them appear to you. And um, it just, it kind of, like, resets your brain. Like, it gives your brain... Um, an opportunity to clear itself mm -hmm. um, for your more authentic, um, more healthy thoughts to come to you. Um, it kind of makes it a little bit harder for those obsessive thoughts to to, to sustain or to stick around. Yep. Um, in the clear light of day, it, it, you can recognize those obsessive thoughts a little bit more. For sure. I also wrote down um, things like CBD oil. <laughs> <laughs> But it's true, you know, sometimes anxiety, sometimes these overthinking thoughts aren't just something that we can talk ourselves out of. Yep. Sometimes we need help because our anxiety is so often a response to stressors and, and out and, and body makeup, you know, um, and sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need to show our body what it feels like and yep. looks like to relax. Um, and that's something that I um, work on a lot is this is this is how you clock out, Sierra. Let me show you what it feels like. Yep. And so then I can recognize the difference between my tense body, my anxious, overthinking body, and my relaxed body, my body that accepts all that's going around me with gratitude and love. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, Sam just said in this letter, it's so obvious that you love this person and that you want to be with them because you listed all these reasons. I know it sounds a little cheesy, but it doesn't hurt to keep a gratitude journal yep. to say, I'm so grateful that I felt loved and safe and accepted today. T tomorrow, I'm so grateful that so-and-so sat down and listened to me talk about my feelings and then offered me advice or whatever. Yep. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a writer, so I always like to write things down and to articulate them, but for anyone, articulation is an act of empowerment because it really it solidifies your ideas into a physical form, and you can look at them and point to them and say, "This is how I feel." 
Absolutely. Um, so I would say write down the things you love about him. Um, make them real, tangible, something that you can hold in a book. Yeah, and I think um, I think all of those are great ideas that you should consider. And I also just think journaling in general might help right. too. Sometimes, like sometimes, as an overthinker, I also get in my head. And the issue isn't necessarily that I um, am having a lot of different thoughts; it's that the same thoughts keep cycling through my head. And so, yes. writing down responses to those, or writing down those thoughts, and just sort of like getting them out and getting them in a in a way that is coherent um, and clear, is really helpful for me to think through some of those things that are just keep cycling in and out of my brain. Um, so totally. maybe try writing. I mean, you wrote down like what you wrote here is absolutely beautiful, and I think sort of spoke so eloquently about what you're going through. Um, and I hope that that was helpful and maybe it would be helpful to continue to sort of write about this and think about it um, with an even head and think about it in a way that sort of gives words to some of the the thoughts that might be um, running through your head. Yeah, totally. And you can because you can't you can think the same thought over and over and over again, but you can only write it once, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or you only have to write it once. You can, Yeah. So I totally agree with that. Um, Jamie, we hope this helps you. Um, we feel a lot of camaraderie to you in this letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we want you to know you're not crazy. You're not, um, doing something that nobody else does. Uh, we super relate to it and we hope that this start, helps to settle some of those thoughts in your head. We want you to see what a beautiful life you are building right now. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you. All right. So every episode, we shout out something that we want to send you home with. Uh, We call it our blind dates. This week, we want to set you up with... Seen on Radio Podcast. This is a podcast that was actually suggested to me by our producer, Big Cats, who is amazing. (laughs) And um, Big Cats and I have a lot of conversations about masculinity and vulnerability and what it means to have emotionally vulnerable relationships as a man, you know, co-ed relationships. Um, We make a point to say I love you to each other because we believe in that type of intimacy as friends Um, and particularly for him to be able to express his feelings. So we love, we already love to talk about gender. And last week he suggested this podcast to me. Um, and more specifically, it's seen on radio season two, which is on, it's called men. And it's on the history of male supremacy, patriarchy, and whatnot. And it goes, it dives so deeply into um, gender and gender representation and male supremacy within our culture and our leadership and our government and where that comes from. Because there are so many, not just misconceptions, but stereotypes and assumptions about why um, men are um, the dominant sex in our um in our history and in our culture. And it's so informative. I've learned so much and it's really well produced and it makes me, this might seem like a weird suggestion for our podcast, but I think a lot about how masculinity, femininity, gender roles affect the way we interact in relationships and affect what we think we have a right to. You know, so many women feel like they don't have a right to do X, Y, and Z in relationships with men. And so many men feel like they don't have a right to be vulnerable, to be emotional, to be... I've heard so many men speak about 
um, both gay and straight men speak about this pressure to be the provider, to be the protector, etc. Um, so I am just overly, overall generally fascinated by the study of gender um, and um, of male supremacy and where that shit comes from. And and more importantly, where in history were there moments in science or the arts or leadership where that the tables could have turned, where history could have gone elsewhere, um, where we, we maybe wouldn't have lived in such a male-dominant culture um, if things had gone one way or the other. Anyway, it's called Scene on Radio. I'm obsessed with it. Thanks, Big Cats, for the suggestion. Um, I, I really hope you guys enjoy it. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, and most importantly, you can send us questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. That is also where you can find our Just Break Up merchandise, hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, tote bags, etc. Thank you so much for, to those of you who have purchased it already. Please send us pictures of you in your cute Just Break Up swag. We want to post it on our Instagram if it's okay with you. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. This literally helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, and editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, it's okay to question yourself. It's okay to wonder what your true, authentic feelings are. But at the end of the day... Inside yourself, you know what you feel, you know what you want, and your response to things is the right response. Your internal compass already knows what you need to do. You just need to give yourself permission to listen to it. It's okay to ask for what you want. It's okay to be unsure. It's okay to wonder, what am I doing in this relationship, in this conversation, in this day? But at the end of the day, you, your voice, and your sense of self is all we really have. So make sure to be gentle, be tender, forgive yourself, and remind yourself that you are worth listening to. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>